Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, December the 17th, 2020. We are reading from the big book, continuing our study of the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 23, the second paragraph, Once in a While. Today's readers are the 12 steps. Ksenia V, 12 Traditions, Adriana T, and readers of the text, Denise V, Vicki V, and Carmela G. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, December the 16th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 16004, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 16005. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ksenia V to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Ksenia. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Ksenia V, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New Jersey. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thanks for the opportunity to uh, be of service. Have a blessed day, everyone. Pass. Thank you, Ksenia V. And Adriana T. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Adriana. Good morning. Thank you, Lynn. This is Adriana T. recovering in Michigan. The 12 traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before our personalities. And thanks for letting me do service. Thank you, Adriana T. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we're resuming our study of the big book in the chapter, There is a Solution, page 23, the second paragraph, Once in a While, and we'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. And Denise B., could you read for us, please? Yeah. Hi, Lynn. Good morning. Thank you so much, Denise B. in New York City, uh, recovered <laughs> uh, composable reader. Once in a while, he may tell the truth, and the truth, strange to say, is usually that he has no more idea why he took that first drink than you have. Some drinkers have excuses with which they are satisfied part of the time, but in their hearts, they really do not know why they do it. 
Once this malady has a real hold, they are a baffled lot. There is the obsession that somehow, someday, they will beat the game, but they often suspect that they are down for the count. For the count. Excuse me. Um, so I'm just going to set my timer. So Denise B, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, <laughs> this is such a good paragraph for me to read. Um, I love the idea of trying to beat the game. To me, I tried to beat the game once I was in this program, and I knew that I was an addict. And so I wanted to see if I could, quote, unquote, have some of my favorite foods um, with no obsession returning. I didn't really accept that. Uh, I thought I did. I thought I had accepted that I was an addict in my heart. But I don't know. There's something about when you're away from the substance that my brain told me, well, maybe you just kind of made too much of this. Maybe you were being dramatic. You know, you probably could get away with just a little, and, you know, now you can be a moderate eater. Um, and I think everybody on this line knows that certainly was not the case. I was not able to do that. Um, and so it was a good lesson, but I was definitely trying to beat the game. Um, it, but before I came into program, and I didn't know I was an addict, I mean, I was I was completely confused. Um you know, I, I actually knew people who had gone on diets and lost weight and maintained their weight loss for long periods of time. You know, I have a friend who did it for like 30 years, you know, to this day. Um, and uh, I just didn't understand. I just I, I just couldn't put it together. Um, I, I had no idea. I, I would blame eating potentially on, um, you know, something bad that happened to me or, I wasn't feeling good or, you know, this drama had happened in my life. So, of course, I would eat, you know, X. But, you know, then why did I continue? Why did it have to keep going? Why, you know, why couldn't I stop at the one, whatever, whatever the thing was? Um, it, it's, you know, and now I... I We've lost you, Denise B. Okay, well, it looks like we're having some technical difficulties for Denise. So the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please, Say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? No, Sorry, I didn't get anybody there. No, such a Lynn F. Ron G. Craig F. Okay, Lisa, let me tell you who I did who I did here. I've got Nelsa J, Lynn F, Ron G, Craig F, and there was somebody whose initial was R, the, the initial of their last name. Rita R. Rita R. Okay, anyone else? I can take one more. 
Okay, let's go with that lineup then, please. So it's Nelsa J followed by Lynn F. Good morning, Nelsa. Please press star one to unmute. It's Nelsa J from Houston. I was all talking. Recover Compulsive Overeater, thank you so much for your service today. Um, I could really relate to um, the previous uh, share. Um, I really, um, that sentence where there is the obsession that somehow, someday they will beat the game. Um, but they often suspect they are down for the count. You know, I, I, you know I've been a compulsive overeater my whole life and you know, it was like I would be on a diet and off a diet. I'd be eating good. I'd be eating bad. I'd be, and it was just a constant obsession in my head. And, um, you know, there were many times when I'm like, F it. Like, you know, I'm just going to be overweight. I'm just going to eat what I want. I, You know, and um, it got me to 410 pounds and feeling like I was going to die. You know, and it's like, well, this is just my life. This is just going to have to be how it is. And, um, you know, that, I know that uh, I'm sure most of you guys can relate to to that brain of mine where it's just over. Like, it's just over. It's just the way it is. And, um, you know, I don't know. I think it was that gift of desperation. I was desperate to just not eat and not um, have that food in my head all the time. And, you know, I never thought being recovered that it wouldn't even be a thing in my head anymore. The food is not an obsession that I have all day. You know, I eat what I eat and, and that's it. I keep it so simple because I need it simple. And um, And I'm happy and I'm free today. Um, I got some uh, really bad news the other day, and, um, you know, I'm really upset about it. And normally, I would be in that food, just not feeling. And my sponsor's like, you get to feel this, and you get to um, get through this with, uh, with a clear head. My head is clear. It's not in the food. And um, I'm so blessed for that. Um, is it uncomfortable? Heck yes. I don't like being uncomfortable. Um, but I'm recovered today, and I just have to keep doing what I'm doing, um, reaching out, speaking, working the steps, helping others, talking to my sponsor, and I know that I don't have to do this alone. Um, so I'm really, really happy to be here. Thank you all. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Nosa J. Lynn S., it's your turn, followed by Ron G. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Um, This is Lynn F., recovered in Pennsylvania. Grateful to be here with you all. Um, My share, I'd like to share on this paragraph, and what I, um, my setup for it is a, a sentence in the previous paragraph, therefore the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind and then if I could go right to once in a while, he may tell the truth. And 
you know, for me, I am a compulsive liar, and I lied my whole life up and down the scale, uh, thinking I could beat it tomorrow, thinking that I would lose weight for the party, the wedding, the holiday, the birthday, the vacation, um, thinking that I could do this myself. And the truth be told, I didn't know what my malady was. I just thought that I didn't have enough willpower. Um, And I thought that I was like other people. I just took it too far. You know, I had friends and coworkers that could eat normally, could um, have a little bit, could uh, skip a meal because they overate at one meal and then they were kind of reset and all those things never worked for me. But the truth is I came in uh, as a um, as a baffled woman. I came in not understanding why I had gotten up to so, uh, you know, 265 pounds, just, uh, you know, not being able to control what I was doing. And, um, you know, I had that obsession, but the um, that I would beat the game up and down the scale. But the truth is I couldn't beat the game. And the truth is, this is what worked. And walking into a program of recovery and seeing the solution um, with other in other people is what was the first thing that planted a seed in my head. And I still wasn't ready to face the truth. So after my first meeting, I didn't go back for quite some time because I the truth was embedded. And uh, for someone who's you know who who can lie at anything. Uh, thank you, God, not today, but who did lie? You know, seeing that truth planted was what sprouted in me and brought me back ready and willing um, to do the work and to recover one day at a time. So thank you for letting me share, and that's what I've got. I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn F. Ron G., it's your turn, followed by Craig F. Good morning, Ron. Hi, this is Ron G. from Daytona Beach. Uh, Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Um, Yeah, prior to coming to the program, I I just had not even a concept of of why I overate. Uh, It just was what it was. When I got into program, uh, you know, I, I... I realize now that, you know, I have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. Um, And if if I slip into that place where I got this, then that's when I'm, I am in trouble. Um, You know, I was just thinking this morning that, that in absence life, the general stuff in life is so much easier. And then I uh, really realized that when I am in the food, it's just that life is really, really hard because I want nothing to do with anything except the food when I'm in the food. Um, and and thank God today there is a solution. That's all I got. Thanks. Thank you, Ron G. And Craig F., it's your turn, followed by Rita R. Please go ahead, Craig. Good morning. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, this paragraph, uh, I'd like to call it the excuse paragraph for me. You know, the, the, uh, it describes me to a T. I always had uh, an excuse for why, uh, why I did what I did, why I ate. You know, if the world 
would just do what I wanted it to do. It says elsewhere in the book, you know, if people would play their parts, uh, then uh, I wouldn't have to uh, overeat. I wouldn't have to have uh, uh, the excess food and the and the comfort that I sought in, in that food. I didn't know necessarily understand that. Uh, I just acted it. I just lived it. Uh, you know, I I I, I live that life. That uh, uh, you know, that I, and, and even coming to understand that that I was eating to uh, to medicate my uh, anxieties, to medicate my my uh, feelings. Uh, even understanding that didn't uh, cure it, didn't solve it. Uh, the uh, old invitation to you in the, the or the old preamble, I think it was that OA had. We used to read, and I don't hear it read very much anymore said that we came to believe that the causes of this disease are unimportant, that what deserves the attention of the still-suffering compulsive overeater is this, there's a proven and workable method by which we may arrest this illness. And, you know, uh, I, I, I analyzed, I excusified, I, I did all those things, uh, still try to, still s- slip into that at, at times. You know, uh, but what I have to keep in mind is that I have this proven and workable method uh, which by which the illness will be arrested. And that proven and workable method is best described as a spiritual way of life, um, you know, that begins with acceptance and surrender in, in the first step that I, you know, I, I accept the fact that I'm a compulsive overeater and, uh, you know, I go through the understanding that it's God that can return me to to sanity. And in the third step, I turn my life and will over to God's care. And I go through the inventories and I go through the, 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 uh, the process of making things right so that I can get rid of my, uh, uh, resentments, guilt, and fears. And, so that I can stand in the sunlight of the spirit. And and then I I do the maintenance in 10, 11, and 12 so that I can uh, live in that in that bright sunlight. And uh, when I'm doing that, when I'm... Time for when, you. When I, thank you. When I'm living in that spiritual way of life, then I have an opportunity to, uh, to live a sane and, and productive life. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Craig S. And Rita R., it's your turn. Good morning, Rita. Good morning. Star one. There you are. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you so much for your service this morning, and thank you for everyone on A Vision for You. Um, my name is Rita R. from Massachusetts, and... Um, I've been listening since about July, gave myself the gift of sponsorship um, from a Vision for You sponsor in late August and have um, been working the steps with her. Um, I've been a chronic relapser most of my life. And, um, well, with some some abstinence, I've been getting lots of gifts um, 
of um, the revealing of so many character defects um, that are making my life unmanageable and also that are making me unavailable to being of use to my higher power. So this paragraph, once in a while, he, he may tell the truth. Well, I had an opportunity. Um, I have an opportunity today to tell the truth. I overate last night. And I did get a kind of like, get on that call, you know, deflate your ego because um, my arrogance and um, I've been lying to myself for so long, you know, and, um, you know, there's a part of me that wants to say, well, you know, this happened, that happened, you know, I was late at work and blah, 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 (laughs) but I didn't reach out to anybody and I did think about consulting my higher power for a very brief moment. Um, but I, and I, I, had, uh, I had a couple more opportunities where um, OA um, snuck in, you know, but I, um, so I did. And um, I'm, you know, counting today as day one. And I thought I would publicize it because outing myself um, is a really good way of staying accountable, um, responsible, and I do want to be responsible. Um, and I also am very aware of, um, you know, the opportunities for more of these moments. As a vegan, I've changed my cooking so, so much. And um, once in a while, I want to add a a sugar ingredient and say, I can do this. It's going to be in the mix. But no, um, that sets up the craving. Um, and uh, obviously, I have a mental obsession. And uh, i Okay, thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rita R. For those of us who may have come on the line a little bit later, we are continuing our study of the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 23, the second paragraph, Once in a While. And we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Fran B. Jason K. Devora S. Katie V. Okay, let me tell you who I... Let me tell you who I did here, please, because I missed some people in the beginning. I've got Jason K, Devorah S, KTV. I believe there was somebody B and somebody Q. Fran V. Who did I miss? Fran V. Sorry, what was? Vasa O. Tessa Q. 
Okay, I've got everybody, please, except for the first lady. Again, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. Is it somebody B? Yes, hi, Fran B. I'm really sorry, I can't get it. Could you spell it for me, please? F-R-A-N-V, Fran V. Fran, I'm so sorry. Okay, Fran, I got you now. So, Fran, please go ahead, followed by Jason K. Good morning, Fran. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Fran, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in New Jersey. So, so blessed. And this especially, well, the whole paragraph applies to me, but especially this last line where um, there is the obsession that somehow, someday, um, I would try to beat the game. I experiment over and over to try to prove to myself that I could eat like the normal eater or the moderate eater and been in this year this program for years with some long periods of um, not eating compulsively but never did I work the program like I've been working it this particular recovery going through the big book so clearly with a fine-tooth comb with my sponsor I, all the years in program, never sent a 10-step over to my sponsor every night. Um, never was entirely abstinent. Sugar was always the fifth or less ingredient. Then it was the fourth. Then it was the third. And then it was, oh, well, what the heck? What? It's not the main. <laughs> so just progressive illness, pro, but now progressive recovery. And I'm so grateful to this God-given meeting and my wonderful sponsor, the whole fellowship, and especially my Higher power. Thank you so much. And thank you, Fran B. Jason K., it's your turn, followed by Devorah S. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. This is Jason K., uh, recovered uh, outside of Snowy, Philadelphia. And, um, you know, we're studying here some of the reasons we think uh, people give for drinking and, and what's going on in their minds. And, and I think the most powerful line for this is, for me in this is, uh, you know, Although he, sometimes he may tell the truth, he really doesn't know. And I think that for me is really, really important. I, I think that, you know, struggling in this disease for, you know, most of my adult life, it, it was, you know, there were certain times when I'd say, well, I eat because I'm, I'm stressed right now. Oh, because it's a, it's a happy time. We're celebrating. I'm eating. I'm eating because, you know, I'm with uh, people and I felt, you know, I wanted to fit in. I'm eating because I'm lonely and I'm bored. And, and I think when you, you keep looking at these excuses enough, you might come to the truth of, you know, there is no real reason uh, that's easily obtainable as to why we're eating compulsively. And, and we have to understand there's something deeper going on that we're being irrevocably drawn back into these alcoholic substances and alcoholic foods and, uh, and behaviors. Uh, by a disease that is much, much more deadly and insidious and uh, profound and powerful than we sometimes even give it credit for. And certainly we didn't, I didn't understand that because I'd be sitting on my therapist's couch saying, doc, you know, I I was really stressed at work. You got to help me lower my stress so I don't eat compulsively, you know, and trying to identify triggers, you know, figuring out what it is. You know, maybe if I get the right writing assignment and the right therapy and I learn to set my boundaries. No, we're dealing with something much, much more deep, deeply sinister and powerful and profound, which is why we need a, a higher power uh, that is significant and big enough. And we need to get ourselves out of the way 
to make that conscious contact to find the restoration and, and the light uh, and the power and the truth behind that higher power because that is our that is our only hope our only salvation if you're like me i put myself beyond a place of uh, of being helped by human power i couldn't use my mind i couldn't use the hypnosis certificate i got to self hypnotize myself i couldn't use all the training and tools i learned in psychology uh i had to submit and surrender to this process so that's what we're talking about today that's the most uh, one of my favorite subjects um <laughs> so thanks for listening thank you jason k devora s it's your turn followed by katie v good morning devora hey good morning good morning everyone my name is devora s and i'm a recovered compulsive overeater from new jersey and you know, it's amazing. It says once in a while he may tell the truth. Um, <clears throat> I love that because this book is the truth for me. How many programs I went to, how many years I, I've tried so many different things and ne- never the literature was truthful for me because I'm the real deal. It didn't work for me, you know, because, you know, they told me I can have a, you know, once I lose all the weight, I can have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But as the real compulsive overeater, the truth is I can't. And I'm so grateful that this book outlines it so simply for me, um, what I ha- who I am, what I have, and the, 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 the work that I have to do in order to relieve that obsession and the allergy of the body. Um, and yes, this paragraph is me, all the excuses I've made. And the biggest one for me was I'm entitled. I'm entitled. Because I work hard and I have this and I have that going on in my life. So therefore, I'm entitled to help myself to this and to that. Um, and, you know, today, thank you, God, the biggest thrill is, is that I'm not looking for it. I'm not. I had my family over. We had, it's the holiday for us. And I did a lot of different things with the kids um, and food activities and this and that. And it was like, totally not on my radar to try it it wasn't I wasn't looking I wasn't it wasn't entitled to it I was like so happy just to be there and to be of service and to be available to my children and my grandchildren that is the gift of this program that we move beyond the food to live a fuller life and what is that full life that I could see the blessings in my life today you know the God-given blessings that I have today um, and, um, and that I'm looking to God and that I'm taking a pause and I'm, you know, doing the, the, the suggestions in this book, but for me, it's the must of this book so that I can live a fuller life and that the food is not calling me. I'm so grateful that, you know, I could show up in the morning and to hear you and to take God with me after the meeting and to pause throughout the day, you know, and it takes work. It's not easy for me to pause throughout the day because I'm an addict. I want to just, I want to just, you know, rush through the day and like that's like steam over everybody. That's my natural thing. But program is teaching me. You're teaching me that um, patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. That is the foundation of this program. That is the mode of what I need to travel in today. And. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Deborah S. Katie V., it's your turn, followed by Tessa Q. 
Please go ahead, Katie. Hi, good morning. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. Awesome, thanks. Um, this is Katie V from Brooklyn, New York. Wow, yeah, once this malady has a real hold, they are a baffled lot. And uh, and I have no no idea why I took that first bite more than anyone else did. Oh, my God. And I wanted to know why. I always wanted to know why. And I would sit in therapy every week, and I would say, oh, my God, I binged this weekend, and I don't know what I'm doing, and why do I, why do I keep doing this? Why? I must hate myself. It must be my job. It must be where I live. It must be my friends. It must be that I'm not eating enough of this and I'm eating too much of that. Like it was, there was a thousand reasons swirling around in my head for why. And I wanted, I thought I would crack the code and like I put all the pieces of the puzzle together and I'd be like, oh yes, this is why you do this. And then it won't happen anymore. And, you know, I settled on a lot of those whys. It was like, okay, I'm self-sabotaging. So I must hate myself. So let's buy a bunch of like books about self-love that I never read. Right. And I wanted to like, figure it all out and it was just it didn't matter why there was no logical sane reason why and until I read the doctor's opinion with a big book sponsor I continued to think that this was my fault and my problem and that I was I hated myself I was self-sabotaging I was doing xyz because all of the whys and once I read that I have a physical allergy and a and the mental twist I said oh my God, I have a disease. I have a legitimate disease. There's nothing wrong with me. This is not a moral failing. I'm not doing this to myself. I have an obsession and an allergy. And um, yeah, and I always just, I always just thought if I was like, if I was with the right people or I was dating the right guy or if I was wearing the right dress or I was the right size, you know, like it would stop. And I, I was 350 pounds when I was 20 and I dieted down to 155 two years later and I hit that goal and I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm never going to binge ever again. I'm 155 pounds now. You know, my bones are sticking out and I feel like I go outside and I feel amazing, you know, and, uh, and it still didn't work. And I would put the, I would like write the number on a post-it note while I was dieting down and like binging as I was dieting down, I'd put it on a post-it note and on my mirror and I'd stare at it every day. And I'd be like, okay, look at the number. If you look and you're focusing on, on this number, if this is what you really want to be skinny, then you will do this. And it just never worked. It was like cut to me eating alone at 2am in my bedroom, you know, like it just never, and I never knew why. And I, always wanted to know why and I was totally down for the count until I came into this program totally down and thank God thank God for all of you oh thank you so much I'll wrap up thank God for this program it works I love it thank you I'll pass thank you Katie V Tessa Q it's your turn followed by Vasa oh good morning Tessa Press star one to unmute, please. Okay, now I'm unmuted. <laughs> um, good morning, visionaries. My name is Tessa Q. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader from from Southeast Florida, soon to be Southwest Florida. I just wanted to share um, the glory of the recovery for me 
and food neutrality. And I want to put it under the lens of what's been happening in my life in the last couple of weeks and take you down to a seven-day period and talk about how on a Saturday we, we went um, looking at houses and uh, with an open heart, and we got under contract for a house. Um, a couple days later, I interviewed for a job, um, and it was an incredible interview. But right before that, I found out my mother, who, um, from whom I'm estranged, is in the hospital. And then to wrap up that week, I found out that not only was she in the hospital, uh, but she has malignant stage 4 ovarian cancer in her stomach. Here's the gift. I'm incredibly sad, and I'm confused, and I'm mixed up about all my feelings, and I'm not face down in the food. I have food neutrality. I have squeaky, squeaky food. Share that. I didn't believe when I came into recovery that I could feel more than one thing in a day or in a week or in a month. I was either sad and miserable or sad and miserable. I didn't know that I could experience this range of incredible emotions and abundance and grief and sadness and confusion all at the same time. And I didn't know I could feel any of those feelings without mm, being accessorized uh, by maybe stealing some food from the company refrigerator or something out of the garbage. So I just wanted to share that as a message of experience, strength, and hope. Thank you so much, visionaries, and thank you, moderator. I'll pass. Thank you, Tessa Q. And Vlasa O, it's your turn. Good morning, Vlasa. Good morning. Good morning, Lynette. Thank you so much for your service. And I'm Vlasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Ovida, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And I really did not know why I could not stop. And I never blamed anybody for my eating problems. I blame myself why I cannot stop, like why can I not be a normal person like other people. But, you know, after being in the program for a while, I just accepted I have a disease. I, I didn't know any of this stuff until I came recovery. I didn't know anything about the obsession. I mean, I guess the obsession was I tried to stop that, to stop it, but I could never put it down and keep it down. I always picked it up over the years, my whole lifetime, till I could not do it any longer. And it was getting very progressive. And I'm very, I'm very active person. You know, I used to exercise anything to, to lose the weight, you know, I'd go from one extreme to the, the other. Nothing, nothing worked. So for me, this was such a gift from God to come to the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous and to be given this book. You know, I ate over anything, whether, you know, whether I was sad, mad, angry, you know, resentful. I ate over anything, but I just loved to eat. You know, I don't know why I did. I just loved to eat. And why I cannot control this food addiction. And this is my treatment coming to OA and the working the 12 steps. I had no clue about the disease. I had no clue about the alcoholic foods that I loved, and I never thought I could put them down for the rest of my life. And I learned one day at a time, one meal at a time, by the grace of 
call my higher power. Years and years later, I've been able to do it. But, you know, the only way I've kept on hearing, if I did not work the steps the way they laid out, I'd go back into the food. And I don't want to ever, ever go back to that misery. And um, and I'm not afraid of the food now. It's It's just a way of life for me. And then working the 12 steps and find a higher power. I said, I will, I will do whatever it takes. I have the gift of desperation. Give me that higher power. Give me these 12 steps. Give me this solution because all the solutions that I looked for my whole life, it just did not work. So this is the only thing that has worked. I'm just so grateful to be with all of you and to hear your stories, whether you're, you're still suffering or you are being abstinent and working the 12 steps. This is the... This is the key for me. This is the solution. And I'm so grateful for all of you. Forgive me what I need and my higher power on a daily basis. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. So we do have time for two or three more shares. Just a reminder that if you did share yesterday or the day before, please let others have their turn. And who would like to share? Lynn Trisha F. C. from New Hampshire. Grace K. Okay, let me just tell you who I didn't hear. Somebody from New Hampshire. That's Trisha C. Trisha, and there was somebody before Trisha. Lynn F. Lynn, what's the initial of your last name, please? Uh, F is in Frank. Okay, great. So our lineup is Lynn F. Tricia C. and Grace K. Please go ahead, Lynn. Hi, uh, my name is Lynn F. and I live on the Olympic, Olympic Peninsula in Washington. And I just wanted to claim my seat this morning because um, I usually never get up this early. And I just want to say that I am so grateful for this program. I have 10 months of abstinence. And um, last night I realized that. Um, the thing that I have to do because I'm a real compulsive overeater is I have to weigh my food and put a definite boundary around it. Cause last night I tried to just eyeball my dinner and it surprised me that even though I was full, I had to take one more little bite. So that's, that was an educational moment for me because I don't want to go back to how I used to be, which was, uh, lying about my food all the time. And um, I just want to be truthful. I just want to say that out loud that I did that last night. And um, and it just reminds me that I need to uh, weigh my food, which is no big deal. It's so much better than how it used to be um, because I don't have the food obsession anymore. I I have my meal. The meal is done. Then I have my, you know, get to have my next meal. And my, I have three meals a day, but nothing in between. No bites, licks, or tastes. And I stay away from those foods that uh, cause me cravings and give me that allergy. And life is wonderful that way. So thank you. I appreciate all of you. Have a great day. Thank you, Lynette. And Trisha C., it's your turn, followed by Grace K. Good morning, Trisha. Good morning. This is Trisha C., recovered in New Hampshire. 
Well, you know, there's one time I tried to control my obsessive eating and weight gain by going to a trainer and I worked out for 30 days in this boot camp thing with a group of other people and I was the only person that didn't lose weight and uh he said you know just put down the food and here's a jump rope jump rope when you want to eat and I looked at him like he has three heads I'm like what like do you know you you don't get what goes inside and that I started to understand like I have a biological mandate to eat more when I eat my allergic foods or I engage in my behaviors. I mean, other people don't get the reaction I do. And, you know, my prescription now is working these steps. And you know what? I admit, sometimes it's hard. I mean, I work hard because I need to unblock from power. And myself rages. It wants to rage, and I unblock myself with these 12 steps to my higher power so that I can get humble, so I can receive the grace. And willingness allows grace to enter, and I have willingness to work my, my program every day. But it is hard, and I think about, you know, my daughter, my sweet daughter has type 1 diabetes, and when she was three, she was diagnosed with it, and... Um, to no fault of her own, you know, her body killed off her pancreas thinking it was part of a virus. And, you know, when she gets sick, she has to test her blood sugars more because things go crazy. And when she gets excited and there's a celebration, she has to watch her blood sugars more because things go crazy. And I realize, you know, when I get sick or I have people over, or, well, back in the day, or, you know, I, I, I don't get to just say, oh, I'm sick. I'm not going to make my calls today. That's exactly when I need to make my calls. And when things are getting fun or when things are getting crazy or I have so much to do, I need to press into God even more because I'm a compulsive overeater down to my core in my body and in my mind. And I have finally accepted this. And I have also accepted that this program and my higher power, and is a, they're a gift to me. You all are a gift to me. And I don't look at it as something as like I have to do. I look at it now as something that I get to do. But if I don't, tomorrow I'm out and it's scary. And um, I'm just so grateful for all of you and for this program. And with that, I pass. And I'm grateful for a snow day. Yay. Okay. With that, I pass. Thank you, Tricia C. Grace Kay, it's your turn. Please go ahead, Grace. Hi, good morning. This is um, Grace Kay from outside of Philadelphia. Um, I'm a compulsive eater, and <clears throat> I'm just so grateful for this meeting and for all the shares, and thank you, Lynn, for your service and everybody's service. Um, I'm a little nervous to share, but um, I think it's like my second or third time sharing on this meeting, but um I'm in the middle of my step four and just reading this really, this paragraph just hit me, um, especially um, the part that says there's the obsession that somehow someday they will beat the game. And just that word, just those words beat the game. I could really uh, relate to that just my whole life of thinking that um, I have to win and I have to be in control and I'm the independent one. Like, I don't need any help. I need to do this. And in all, all different areas of my life, just winning was and competing was such a goal. And so, um, 
yeah, to think that I don't have control over something uh, was scary. And I, I just remember um, the times, especially of late, like uh, talking with a doctor because um, I did have some health health things. And I, I was when I saw her, it was like if if I could lower my stress and my anxiety, get rid of my anxiety then I wouldn't, then I wouldn't compulsively eat and I wouldn't go down this kind of negative pathway of having health issues either. And so it was like, how can I just lower my, my anxiety? How can I get rid of it? And so then it became like, let me fix it. Let me, I'm in charge. And, and then basically whenever I would have anxiety or any feelings, I'd be terrified of my feelings. And I, I would then food dissociate not feel and so it was almost like that human power it was like the more I even went to psychology doctors nutrition exercise body workers even supplements herbs everything to control so that I wouldn't feel this anxiety and today with all the support in this program and my higher power my sponsors help I can realize it's okay to feel and um, it's scary sometimes to just realize how anxious I am sometimes um, and I'm grateful today that I'm not turning to the food. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Grace Kay. We do have time for one two-minute share. Was there somebody who'd like that time? Sorry, I didn't catch your name. Vivian M. Vivian, please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all. This is exactly what I needed to hear today. Uh, you know, I I woke up a little late. I got on late. And for a moment, I said, oh, I just want to go back to sleep. And I thought, wait a minute. No, you have to go and listen to your meeting. Because if I don't, then I don't, my direction in the day is different. And then I get up and I'll, I'll say my prayers and my meditation. I'll do what I have to do. Because if I don't, uh, my disease starts rearing its ugly head. Um, after years and years, it'll still do that. And and last night, um, I was in a situation where I was feeling that I, I wasn't being able to be present or be not be present. I was present. I was not be able to be there for somebody um, who I felt needed me. Um, my husband's going through his first cancer treatment, and he's, he, he deals with it the way he has to. And, and I felt as if I wasn't being able to, to, to serve him or, or, or do things for him, which I really desperately wanted. But I, then I realized, yes, I want to do that, and I want to be there, but this is not my illness I have. This is the illness he has, and if this is how he needs to deal with it, I have to understand that and not be so selfish, saying I need to serve a purpose or I feel like I'm important to him, and he's going through this. Yes, I'm going through it as well, but certainly in a different way. What I did instead is I prayed and I meditated and I realized that I do have, I do have a purpose. I have service I can do. I can be, I can be there for people who, at that moment, at that time, um, will accept my help and accept the fact that I can do service for somebody else. And it doesn't have to be the person I need to do service for. Because I'm not in somebody else's head. I can't go around taking people's inventory all day and saying, "Don't you understand what I need? Can't you change and be what I need you to be?" I'm so grateful. If this, this this was before this program, I would have been my head would have been in that refrigerator. I would have been eating over the pain and the feelings I was having, and then I would have been. Time, please. 
Thank you so much. I would have been face down in the food. This program is saving my life one day at a time. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vivian M. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Thursday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of this meeting. And the reference number for today, Thursday, December the 17th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 16010. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Vicki V. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Of course, Lynn S. Thank you. Vicki V., thank you for the opportunity to do service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know, we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to, us, to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.